Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So friends, before I get into today's gospel, I want to back up and frame the reflection here this morning by turning to the gospel that we had from Sunday, the second Sunday of Easter, Divine Mercy Sunday. Just to bring you back to your memory, that's of course the encounter that Thomas has with Jesus, my Lord and my God, all of that, right? Okay, so the events that we heard on Sunday, they take place, the entire gospel takes place over an eight-day period of time, beginning with the day that Jesus rose from the dead and continuing until the following Sunday. So, you with me? Last Sunday's gospel, it extends over eight days. As we look at a composite of all the various accounts of the day of Jesus' resurrection, we know that by now, at the end of resurrection day, we know that Mary Magdalene, we know that Mary, the mother of James, we know that Salome, and we know that Peter and John, they all have seen the empty tomb. We know that. All these people have seen the empty tomb. In fact, we even know that Mary Magdalene has encountered the risen Lord himself, and some of the women have encountered the risen Lord himself, and those disciples, uh, Cleophas and his wife, they've encountered the Lord himself on the road to Emmaus. So they run back, they tell the apostles. So now it's Resurrection Sunday night. Okay, we got the timeline. You with me? Okay. Resurrection Sunday evening, and the disciples, they're all gathered behind the closed doors, they're behind the locked doors filled with anxiety, trepidation, this mixture of confusion, also this mixture of hope because of what these people are saying, but probably mostly fear, right? That's the point of the locked doors. They're afraid because it's probably only a matter of time that the ones who put Jesus to death are going to come for them too. Like that's what they're afraid of. Here's the point. Although Jesus has already risen, And they already had evidence of that fact. As yet, these disciples were still living on the wrong side of the resurrection. They were still living on the wrong side of the resurrection. And friends, I think most of us, many of us, most of our days, when we look at our day-to-day lives, when we look at and consider what motivates us, when we consider what draws us when we look at how we deal with setbacks or anxieties or frustrations, how we spend our energy, how we spend our time, how we share our faith, if we share our faith, what scares us, when we look at how we deal with bad news or how we deal with the evening news, right, all of this, most of us, most of the time, are living on the wrong side of the resurrection. I think it's just the case. I was just struck by the juxtaposition of the before and the after, right? The before being what we saw in the gospel of Sunday, behind locked doors, closed, afraid, and how the first reading we have for Mass today starts from the Acts of the Apostles, which Easter season, you know this, we hear from the Acts of the Apostles the entire Easter season. This is, again, this is what we heard. With great power, the apostles bore witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great favor was accorded them all. Does that sound like those guys behind locked doors, scared? No, this is a very different group of men. Same men, but something has happened to them, right? Namely, 
They've encountered the risen Lord. The Holy Spirit's been given to them. And they're moving out to evangelize. So my question for us to consider this morning is, what did that look like? So that line from the Acts of the Apostles, with great power the apostles bore witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. What did that look like? What did that look like? How did they bear witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus? Here's what I want to suggest. And this is where we come into this. This is what we can do as well. How we can start living on the right side of the resurrection. They, meaning the apostles and the followers of Jesus, I'm going to put it this way, they kept going off script. They threw away the social norms, the script that they were supposed to abide by. They went off script. This is what I mean. That they stopped playing by the social rules that everyone else was playing by. They started acting differently and organizing themselves differently and loving each other differently and treating their spouses differently and their children differently and they started caring for people differently. All of these things. They started speaking differently. I don't mean different languages. I mean there was a different kindness. There was a tone that was different in their voices. Uh, let me get more concrete. And I'm just going to share an example from, uh, from my life. Not because I want to point the finger to myself in any way, but I I just keep reflecting on this because it illustrates, I think, a very powerful point that I want to make this morning. So, so some of you probably, maybe some of you know, but earlier in March, I had some weird health scares with uh, just hospital stay. I just got diagnosed with a very out-of-the-blue hypertension issue. That's fun. You know, you turn 30, now you got to take all these pills. Anyway, I'm doing fine now, right? I'm doing fine now. I was in the hospital for a few days, blood pressure's under control, all that stuff. No worries. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is this. During one of these follow-up visits, because I've had a lot of follow-up doctor visits since the beginning of March, I was in an exam room getting checked in by a nurse, and she's asking me all the typical questions of, you know, all the things, right? All the typical questions. And I can just hear in her voice this exhaustion that she's just trying to get through the day. You know, you can hear that in people's voices, right? You can sense that in people, that this person is just burdened, right? This person's burdened. And for whatever reason, I was sitting there, Got the blood pressure cuff on my arm, and I just felt prompted by the Holy Spirit, just, just nudged, I'll just say, just gently nudged to say, like, hey, I know you don't know me, but like, are you doing okay? That's all I said. And she responded, oh yeah, you know, Mondays, that's what she said, Mondays. Yeah, right there, like, that's, that's the script, right? So what was I supposed to say? What is the script What's the line I was supposed to say? Yeah, Mondays, I get it, you know, and then we're supposed to move on. Like, you're not supposed to press in. You're not supposed to ask follow-up questions. You're not supposed to care about a stranger's heart. That's not in the script. You're not supposed to ask anything. You're supposed to keep it casual. That's the script. So I said to her, I said, yeah, Mondays are hard, but so is life. And then I said this, I said, you know, and the Lord sees your heart, the Lord Jesus sees your heart, and he sees what you're carrying, and he just wants you to know that you are very, very loved. And I'm telling you, that nurse lost it, just broke down. There was a little bit more emotion than I was ready to deal with at 8 o'clock in the morning, but she lost it. She starts sharing with me about her son, who in seventh grade just recently got diagnosed with a strange form of cancer. Her dad had just died a few months ago. Bills were starting to pile up. 
she's working all these extra hours and she's just exhausted from trying to hold it all together. She said that um, she's exhausted from trying to be strong for her son. And she's exhausted from crying out from God and feeling like, is there anybody there? Are you even listening? I just need a sign to get me through. And right there in that exam room in Medina Hospital, resurrection life burst into that exam room, like just burst into that woman's heart. And this is what, this is what I, I want to share. This is what I keep, can't get out of my mind. She said to me, she said, you know, nobody, no patient has ever taken the time to ask me how, I, how I'm really doing. No one has ever asked me how I'm really doing. And then she said this, and no patient has ever, ever talked to me about Jesus. Like Jesus has never come up in my 12 years working as a nurse here. She said, you're the first one. Again, not saying that to, to you know, shake my own maraca here. I'm just pointing this out to say like, like, do you think maybe it's the case that she never treated a Christian before? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Like how many thousands of Christians have been there and somehow Jesus has never come up? Somehow no Christian has ever gone off script to pray for her, to, to, to pray with her, to even ask, hey, is there anything in your life that I can pray about for you? Like apparently there's never been a single Christian living on the right side of the resurrection who felt moved to just love a stranger, to love differently, to do things differently. Christians who live on the wrong side of the resurrection, they don't bring Jesus up anywhere, nor do they expect to find Jesus anywhere. But Christians, like the Acts of the Apostles, the ones who are living on the right side of the resurrection, they expect to find him everywhere. They expect him to be involved in everything. They expect Jesus wanting to be present and recognized everywhere. So friends, the challenge for us as we live into this Easter season is to be the Christians who live on the right side of the resurrection, who go off script, who look different than the world. We have to look different than the world.